Welcome to the Elevating Funeral Service podcast. If you want to run a successful funeral home, cemetery, or pet cremation service, you don't have to be the one that has the lowest price. You do need to be the one that offers the most value, provides the best customer experience, and clearly communicates that in your marketing. On this weekly podcast, Ellery and Welton will show easy ways to demonstrate value to families and create differentiation that helps you stand out from the competition. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm Ellery Bowker. That's my good friend, Welton Hong. And you are listening to the very first inaugural episode of a new podcast we're starting called Elevating Funeral Service. Um, this is a project that Welton and I have talked about for a while. It's one we're both really passionate about. Um, so what we want to do on this first episode is kind of talk to you guys about what the podcast is about, kind of what our goals are, um, and then really kind of why we're doing it, which we'll kind of get into that. But uh, at the end of the day, it's because we love this business. We love the people in this business and we just want to see this business flourish, uh, despite kind of the, some of the challenges that, that, uh, you know, we as an industry are facing today. So we're really glad you're here. We're glad you clicked that button to watch this first episode. And our goal is that you like this one so much, you watch the next episode, which, which we're going to do, uh, on a weekly basis. So, well, you want to share your ideas on kind of, uh, why you want to start this podcast with me? Yeah, just a, a lot of passion in this industry. Uh, obviously, still a little bit new, a little bit green to industry, but uh, by now been working with quite a bit of firms, ranging from all sizes, and just my passion to be working with funeral directors. Uh, they're so genuine, genuinely, right? They love the people they serve. Um, so I, my passion is to help them out. Okay. Yeah. Good. Um, so what we'll do is we'll talk kind of now about why we're going to do the podcast, Welton. Um, we'll yeah. kind of share, you know, the reason we kind of came up with uh, the idea and decided to do this. And then um, you're famous, so everyone knows who you are, but uh, uh, in the funeral business. Uh, but maybe what we'll do then is we'll talk a little bit about who you are and who I am and kind of sure. why we think we're qualified to be on camera here, uh, you know, sharing some information with the funeral director. So here's the big why. Um, we've both been in the funeral business a while. I've been in it longer than Welton, but we both see uh, kind of a trend toward uh, commodity, commoditization of the funeral business. And I think if you if you really dug down to what the fear is in the funeral business kind of as a whole, um, it's the fear of this thing becoming a commodity, right? We need to keep service in the service. Uh, we don't need it to become a commodity because if it does, then it's a race to the bottom. Nobody wins. Families lose out. Just a bad idea. So collectively, we as an industry, uh, we as a whole, and Welton and I are going to try to do our part here, we have to really try to elevate, uh, you know, hence the word, um, funeral service so that families can once again see the value in services, can see the value in what uh, you guys do out there every single day, um, and we want to be able to help you do that. So my goal, and I know Welton shares the same feeling, is we just don't want this business to become a commodity. We want to kind of turn around this race to the bottom and do what we can to try to help the funeral homes that we work with, uh, and those of you that are listening uh, to be able to kind of elevate your funeral homes and your cemeteries and, and uh, just be able to kind of grow with that. So, uh, Welton, you want to share your why? Yeah. So, I have a few ideas. Um, just kind of interesting is looking from outside in. So, I will say I'm more fortunate to be coming from the outside looking in since still relatively new. This is the fourth year for us in the death care industry. And what I've been observing is not a surprise with cremation on the rise Revenue per call, unfortunately, are declining, steadily declining. Right? It's not like suddenly it dropped. So I do worry for some of the funeral homes 
that are not able to cope with, right? They've been enjoying the high revenue per call and then each year slowly, slowly declining. On top of that, cases are also declining due to more competition from consolidators, from discounters. And so it's basically double, double whammy. Cases are declining, revenue per call declining. So overall profits is declining year to year, year to year. And three, four years, finally we're like, wow, what happened here? <laughs> right? So I do worry for them. And also with cremation on the rise, there's definitely more and more undecided families. And the funeral homes that uh, we work with, many of them obviously still don't know how to handle price shoppers. And um, so we do work with them on messaging on their website, and of course, how to handle uh, their phone calls. Phone is going to be the most important, how you answer the phones. And very interesting, most of the industries out there, they by now they need to market their business. Not too many industries out there, <laughs> they never have to advertise or market themselves. Very, very rare. And this industry, of course, is they now have to do more and more marketing compared to before they don't have to. And what I've been seeing looking outside in is there's so many mixed messages on what they should do. And I firmly believe they got to be doing multi-channel marketing. But because there's so many things they can do, uh, maybe the print newspaper guy say, hey, you should do digital because we're doing digital solutions now. The yellow page guy, same thing, right? Oh, print wasn't working as well before? Sure, we do digital now. So there's so many mixed messages out there. What works, what doesn't work? What is better for ad needs? What's better for pre-needs? And uh, that's something my passion is to educate. And finally, I just genuinely care, right? I think funeral directors, like, they just genuinely care about the people they serve. But they really don't have a lot of time compared to other industries on really how to grow their business, right? They're so busy working with their families and um, they just don't have the time to learn marketing strategies, process systems, just how to run their business. Yeah, great. Um, you know, for me personally, um, you know, many of the customers that we serve have become good friends of mine, um, you know, <laughs> oh, yeah. and, you know, we see them just struggling, you know, and we see them overwhelmed by just kind of all the stuff that's happening right now in the industry. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, you know, I've heard the term that, you know, you spend so much time working in your business, you don't have time to work on your business. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's true in a lot of the funeral homes that our company serves, where it's, you know, they don't, they're not at trade shows all the time. They don't read the magazines all the time. They don't get a lot of information uh, because they don't really go outside their four walls. And, you know, that all the thoughts they have about the funeral business are, are kind of rattling around in an echo chamber. And then one day they look up and cremation's 50% in their area. Calls are down. You know, there's new competitors popping up. And, and you could just see on their faces, you know, these people have worked so hard and so long to build these businesses and have what they thought was a secure future. Uh, and I'm not trying to be gloom and doom here, but what they thought was going to be uh, a lot more stable is maybe on a little shakier ground. Now, it doesn't mean they can't survive. It just means they're going to have to adapt, right? They're going to have to do things a little bit differently, market differently, et cetera. Um, but before we go any further, um, some of you may never know who I am. 
um, or Welton. So I thought what we might do is just take a, just a couple minutes here just to introduce ourselves, tell you kind of how how we got here and why we think we're qualified to stand up here and talk to funeral directors because I'm not a funeral director and neither is Welton. Uh, but I believe we've both been in the business long enough and have seen enough that we can bring some stuff back to you that would, it would and should and hopefully be helpful. So Welton, why don't you tell us kind of where you're from and how you got here and how you ended up in the, in the, uh, the funeral business. So, of course, you can tell I'm a nerdy, geeky engineer from Silicon Valley. <laughs> so, um, I used to manage teams of PhDs in R&D environments uh, in the Silicon Valley um, at Intel, some microsystems, and Oracle. So, came from a tech background. I always love R&D, so Intel chips, things like that. And around 2010, I bought my house in San Jose. And it was a foreclosure, so pretty bad shape. Um, that's all the money I could afford back then. Uh, so um, I went through the agony of looking for a legit contractor. And by being in the Silicon Valley, we're a little more right, progressive already. Um, I don't think I even have a print yellow pages lying around in 2010. So did most of my research digitally. And one of the contractors I hired was telling me, telling me his story. His business used to do very, very well in the 90s and well into mid-2000s by simply advertising in a print yellow pages. And that was golden back then because those print yellow pages target those who are problem aware. That's why they go straight to the yellow pages. Like let's say it's a roofer, they go to R, look a bunch of roofers, and then decide. They're price shoppers already. They're trying to decide which roofer to call. And then, but post 2005, by being in Silicon Valley, most people already went online. He dabbled into a few agencies. These agencies typically locked him down for a year. Don't show a lot of results. They basically, and most of them are salespeople. Uh, they're out there selling and pretty much ignore his account. So by the time I saw him in 2010, he totally gave up just gave up, just like despair. It's like I tried so many different digital marketing companies, totally despair. So I'm like, hey, why don't we barter here? <laughs> we went to the old school way of doing business. Yeah. <laughs> right. So we barter here, didn't came from digital marketing background, hit the books and uh, learned things pretty fast, helping out with his Google ads, get a new website going, helping out with his online reputation. I was able to show him measurable progress in about four to five months. But that interaction with a business owner was so satisfying. Again, not saying working high tech is not satisfying, but the stuff we work on is pathfinding. So I don't see even the products five to 10 years down the line. But I'm like, maybe that's my true passion is to help business owners out. So for fun, started flipping through the yellow pages and see who are heavily advertising print yellow pages. Started sending them direct mail pieces. Naturally started picking up quite a bit of uh, home improvement companies in the Bay Area. And then um, I chose to go niched. So first niche I went nationwide is windows and doors. Second niche is window covering. Like 100 Douglas dealers were one of the 100 Douglas approved uh, contractor. And about four years ago, one of our window and door client, their family also owned a funeral home out in the Midwest. They reach out to us. And our standard answer is always no, because I don't know the industry. Now I have to use your money, play with it, 
and then get it figured it out. And that just doesn't drive with me. But it's a very good client. I'm like, let me do pro bono. Right? That way, it's, I'm not feel as pressured <laughs> to do it. Um, so with and very interesting working with that funeral home is, first of all, it's very, very different than uh, contractors I work with. They're much more genuine. They care about the people they serve. And our results, for weird reason back then, it worked even better for funeral homes than the window and door company. The main reasons the window and door companies, the buying journey is very long. It's about 97 days from the minute you start doing research until you buy. So the tactics we work, we have to do a lot of nurturing in place. But in the death care space for at needs, if somebody goes on Google typing funeral home near me, most likely it's uh, at needs, imminent needs. So results work better in for funeral homes. And that got me very, very intrigued. Uh, that's when we started reaching out to more funeral homes. And um, now we're, we're uh, I love the death care industry. It's just so fun. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. You know, I love hearing the stories about how people got in, in the funeral business, you know, and I don't know that, I don't know a single person uh, outside working in a funeral home. So I don't know a single vendor uh, or partner um, or anybody serving the funeral business that grew up and said, I want to serve the funeral business. Uh, <laughs> I had a brother-in-law um, that was a funeral director. Um, I, I've been in, in the funeral business since 2005. I cannot believe it's been 15 years already. And it's just flown by. Uh, I, prior to that, I was in sales and marketing, business development and, and web development. And I was invited to speak at a chamber of commerce uh, in a local town, one town over, uh, asked to speak about technology. They didn't really, they weren't impressed by me. They just needed a speaker, right? So they just, I was willing to do it. So I went there and I just talked about technology and being online and all the other stuff. And at the end of it, a lady came up to me and said she owned a funeral home and wanted to know if I'd build her a funeral home website. Um, and I thought, okay, well, I need money. So yes, but deep down I was like, why? I didn't even know why they would want a funeral home website. It just didn't even compute with me. Um, and so I built her one and she loved it. And then I put my name in the bottom of it, right? And then it wasn't a week later, and then another funeral home called me. And I said, okay, well, that's pretty cool. So I built a website for him, uh, and then another one and another one. And what I liked about it was prior to that, I was building websites for all these different companies and industries. And every com- every client I had, I had to learn a new industry, right? right. Um, like prior to that funeral home website, I built a website for a man who bred coon dogs, right? He oh, bred wow. these dogs that would hunt raccoons. And anyway... So it it became a breath of fresh air that I could just work. I kind of got to know the funeral business. And then I just started to realize, well, there was just this gap. I mean, you had these people that were just, you know, ministers, right? I mean, they were, they were servants and, and they were called to do that. And now they're being charged with marketing online and being on websites. And, and very few could say, I want a website because, and they would tell me it was more like, I need a website because someone else told me I need a website. Right. Um, and so back then, not a lot of them had websites. So I just got the little yellow book out and started calling and saying, hey, you know, I build funeral home websites. Are you interested? And they say, yeah, come talk to me. And so anyway, long story short, we, we, we served funeral homes all around the country. Um, we did that for 10 years and I loved it. I learned so, so much. I mean, I can't believe how much I learned. Um, and then about five years ago, we started looking into ways where we could help funeral homes strengthen relationships, you know, kind of build better relationships, uh, you know, in, in the in the understanding that you could help, you know, nurture pre-need leads. And then we kind of fell into aftercare in that, 
we kept looking and said, okay, well, look, aftercare is your best pre-need source, but no one's really paying attention to that, right? I mean, there were a few funeral homes that aftercare was important to them, but not many. I mean, it was a super small amount. And, and I quickly realized that it's because they just don't have time. You know, they just don't, can't do it consistently. So we kind of came together as a company and, and, and really worked on this and worked on this. We thought well, we can really solve this problem. And we did. And, and, and we're here today. And, and, you know, for me, why I feel like I can be here on this, uh, um, you know, podcast and talk confidently and feel like I can add value here probably as well as you is that I'm in the benefit of being in funeral homes every day. We're in funeral homes across the country all the time. And what we see is we do have the purview of somebody that's not inside that funeral home. So I see a lot of things that are working really, really well. I see a lot of things that are a really bad idea um, and we try to share with them. But again, if you're a funeral home and you never kind of go outside your own walls, right? You don't really look at what others are doing. It's hard to know what's working and what isn't working. So then you take the advice of the yellow page guy or you, you know, you listen to bad actors tell you what you need. Um, So what I want to do and what I hope you can do here um, is take some of these lessons that we've learned out there and bring them to the funeral homes and cemeteries that are listening, uh, um, you know, to this podcast. So the way the podcast is going to work is we're going to have an episode every single week. And what we did was we thought, well, you know, we want to be able to have this where it's a teaching podcast and they're not going to be long. This first one may be a little long as we explain it, but we're going to try to keep them relatively short. And the idea behind it is that funeral service has a lot of moving parts, right? There's just tons and tons of things that go into this. And if we kind of look at that continuum and we think about it like a chain, you're only as good as your weakest link. So in some funeral homes, you're, they're really good in one area and weak in another area. In some areas, they're just non-existent, okay? And so what we thought we could do is each week, we could take one of these, and we'll just call them touch points, um, and examine it and say, okay, you know, what's the status quo, right? How how are most funeral homes dealing with a family at this touch point? Um, you know, what's the best example that we've seen of it working out in the field, right? Or what ideas do we think we have that we could elevate that touch point? And then we'll do is we'll look at that gap, right? Between what you're doing and what we think you could be doing or we can offer you um, um, some ideas on. And then we'll talk about how to fill that gap. And I believe in the, uh, uh, and I can't think of the name of it now, but it's the, it's the Japanese principle that, you know, you do make small improvements over time and you have massive results. So a funeral home does not need to go out and just change everything they're doing today. What they need to do is take one little thing and then improve it. And then another little thing and improve it. And then over time, it's like exercise, right? Uh, don't look to me for advice on that, but it's like exercise over time. Uh, you know, you will one day you'll look back and say, wow, look at these results. I mean, because you're compounding, you're adding on uh, to what you've done before. So again, they're going to be weekly. Uh, they're going to be very tactical. Um, you know, there's going to be some opinions on it, but really what we're going to do is we're going to take one, uh, one touch point per week, drill down into it and see if we can help you guys improve that one touch point. Now, when you tune into these, uh, if it's a touch point that you don't care about, don't watch it. Right. And if it's a touch point that you do care about uh, and you want to talk to us offline or, you know, you have questions for us, just put them in the comments below or we're pretty easy to find. Um, so, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear your feedback on all the episodes, too. But I'll, I'll let Welton kind of share with kind of how we're going to do this now, too. Yeah. So just, again, very, very humbling. So I love to teach. I think it's always been my passion to be able to teach, uh, go, being out there, speaking quite a bit. And most of my um, videos or speaking is all teaching. Yeah. And I think uh, teaching is fun. So Ellery and I will be sharing with you a lot of screen sharing exactly 
how to do certain things, show you a lot of examples, what's been working for other firms we work with, right? And let you know, because we all work with quite a bit of ranges of sizes of firms. And it'll be just fun to share with you some ideas and a lot of concrete examples. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I know you kind of hit on these points in the beginning, and we'll just touch on this really quickly. Um, there's a lot we can drill down into when it comes to kind of the lessons that we can bring here. But we we really looked at this together and we said, you know, what are the top five challenges the funeral homes are facing out there? Um, we really want to be able to talk, you know, in depth and dive into these issues that you guys are having and try to help you find solutions for it. So the first one, and probably the one that keeps them up at night the most, is going to be the fact that your case volume's down, right? You've woken up now, and there's new competitors in town. They, um, they're they aggressive in their marketing. They're very visible. And then all of a sudden, they're getting calls. Well, we know you can't make more death, right? Um, these calls are being siphoned off from an existing incumbent, um, and that's very, very unnerving. Um, right. So we're going to kind of dive into that talk about how to compete with some of these discounters and some of these, uh, you know, uh, consolidators that are coming in. And and I'm not taking shots at consolidators. I'm only saying that when you've got the power of volume, they can do things that you can't do on an individual independently owned basis. So we'll talk about that. Um, Something that I've seen just grow and grow and grow. And I've actually spoken at many conventions about this very topic is the number of undecided families going up. You know, and this, and and really, when I say undecided, I'm going to break it into two different parts. Well, I'm going to say you have undecided because they're new to your town, okay? Right. And I'm going to say undecided because they're not really loyal to you anymore. Maybe you've served them before, but they were indifferent about it, okay? So they just don't, you know, they, they weren't they weren't dissatisfied, but they weren't, you know, overwhelmed either. So they would be undecided. Um, as a transient population, now I know in Vegas. <laughs> right. Everyone's a transient there. Um, no one grows up in Vegas, right? <laughs> but it, it, and I, I would I would submit that in every town in America, okay, everyone listening, think about your town right now, your city, and there are probably I'm going to bet there are more people living in that town now that are not from that town than any time in history. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that number is only going to go up. So right. as that number goes up, right, so does the number of undecided families, and so. The the um, the number of kind of guaranteed calls, and I'm saying that lightly, uh, that funeral homes came to expect. You know, if you right. think about it, if you go back, uh, a funeral home, you know, it was a you know a small town. There was two funeral homes. They just divided the calls, right? I mean, you know, and there was a few undecided ones they kind of battled over. That was kind of an insignificant amount. But as this transient population moves, right, the older people die, new people come in. That number of undecideds, the guaranteed calls go down. The number of sided goes up. And all of a sudden, that becomes a significant number, and you have to pay attention to that. So, um, you know, you hit on revenue per call is going down. I think, obviously, that's because of cremation. Um, But I think it's more because of direct cremation, right? Um, I think if the cremation rate's going like this, uh, that's one thing. When the direct cremation rate's going like that, that's a whole other thing, right? Because nobody minds cremation if there's a service involved. Um, right. You know, if we if we get uh, probably the quickest path to commodity uh, is just no services, right? Yep. You just become a direct disposition company. Um, and then the one thing that I really, really, really want to help on this podcast, I know Welton feels the exact same way. Um, we see a huge challenge with funeral homes being able to differentiate themselves. So when it yep. comes down to the competition, um, you know, 
you've been here, you know, I mean, well, that guy down the street, you know, and, and if you can't differentiate yourself, then the only thing you can do is compete on price and you'll almost always get beat, right? Because the the discounter that opened up, and again, I'm not taking shots at discounters, but the, the low cost outfit that opened up down the road doesn't have your overhead, doesn't own your building, doesn't own rolling stock, doesn't have all the overhead you have. So they can they can uh, have a cremation for $1,200 and, and, and make a higher margin than you can, where if you did it for $1,200, you're losing money. Mm-hmm. So uh, revenue per call is coming down. You need to be able to differentiate yourself to be able to win more calls and to increase that revenue. Um, and then the last thing, and you definitely hit on it, is these these guys are just confused, right? They're just overwhelmed. You are funeral service professionals, right? Your job is to support these families, get these families through some of the worst times of their life. And now, uh, because of the age we're living in, now you have to be a video editor, you have to be an SEO person, you have to know how to market, you have to know how to do all these other things that you probably don't even want to be doing. You want to be able to just say, you know what, I want to go serve families. And right. so we're really, really excited to kind of help you guys with some of these uh, um, you know, bigger topics, but then drilling down into some of the touch points and some of the areas inside of those that we think can help you guys uh, uh, kind of make an impact. So me, I'm really excited about it. And I'm really excited, obviously, to be doing this with Welton because I think he's got a, a wealth of knowledge. It's very, very humbling experience. It, it will be fun. Good, good. Um, and, and the last thing I'll say is we're new at this. This is the first podcast I've ever done. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to make sure my hair is right. And uh, But we're, we're authentic. We're just going to just shoot this thing. And, you know, whatever happens, happens. But we really would like your feedback, uh, honestly, good or bad. Uh, I'm, I'm a fan of brutal honesty. So if it's just was terrible, tell me. Uh, if you liked it, tell me as well. And if there's anything that we can help you with, any topic you'd like to see us cover. Um, and again, we'll bring in people that know something about stuff we don't. So it's not going to just be us opining. Um, but if there's anything we can help you with, please let us know. We'd love to, uh, you know, we'd love to, you know, try to dive into that as well. So well, uh, any <laughs> final comments kind of on this uh, intro episode? No, it's just very humbling. Love to teach. I think that will be very, very fun. Just teaching, showing you our screen exactly step-by-step how to do certain things. It just be a very, very practical. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. And, and I want to reiterate what he said about sharing screens. Um, this episode was a lot of me blabbering. Uh, um, you know, we're just talking about kind of why we're doing this. I really want uh, everyone to understand our mission here, but the next episode, um, you know, and every episode after that, it will definitely be a, a, you know, teaching podcast. We're going to talk about the problem, talk about the opportunity and kind of try to how to bridge that gap. So there definitely will be solid takeaways, uh, not just um, our opinions about it. So, okay. Well, look, we're excited about it. We will look forward to seeing everyone on the official first episode. And, and again, any feedback's appreciated. Okay. All right. Thank you. See you guys. Bye.